So my name is Jess Findlay. I'm a professional wildlife and nature photographer from British Columbia, Canada. And I've been photographing for about 10 years or so now, five of those um, doing it full time. And uh, yeah, just generally kind of interested in spending as much time as possible in the outdoors and in whatever capacity, hopefully with a camera in hand. And uh, yeah, just basically out there as much as I can, tracking down wildlife and, and trying to see as many of the beautiful places that we have on our doorstep here. When did you get into photography? I got into photography when I was in high school, probably when I was about 16 or 17, it started to become more of a serious hobby. And uh, yeah, I, I guess the sort of first serious foray into it was I joined a camera club here in Vancouver. And I started to attend that every week. And there's kind of various themes of you could enter photos and there was nights where you'd bring in your printed work and things like that. So that really sort of kicked it into high gear and allowed me to explore a lot of different uh, genres of photography before kind of narrowing my focus to what I'm doing now. Where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, hard to say. I, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at right now with my sort of my annual schedule of, of getting to do a lot of workshops and tours and, and get to lead these groups in uh, some pretty exciting places, but still have some some free time to pursue projects of my own and have some have some time to explore some of the other things I really like doing in the outdoors. Um, so I'm hoping to just to, to continue to build upon that and and uh, to keep leading tours and, and keep, uh, you know, be allowed to, to share some of these amazing experiences with other photographers. And what is your specialty when it comes to your photos? Um, I've never really uh, focused in on one super specific niche, uh, but I would say birds make up a, a pretty healthy percentage of my portfolio, birds and wildlife, and, and a, a little bit of landscape as well. But I really, I've kind of always considered myself a sort of an all-around naturalist when it comes to my interest in in the natural world not just a, a birder or not just a, a landscape guy so I try to I try to sort of have that come across in my images and hopefully show the connection between these different things in the landscape um, and uh, so yeah I, I'd say I shoot a pretty broad encompassment of, of all things nature when you go out and take those pictures what is your favorite lens to use and why I, I've often shot with sort of smaller telephoto lenses um, when compared to the more conventional like massive 500 primes and, and 600 mil primes that you see a lot of uh, wildlife photographers using. I do now own a, a large 500, but uh, for the longest time I was using smaller telephoto lenses just you know out of not being able to afford a massive lens coming through high school and, and after that. Um, so I got a lot of use out of the smaller kind of more compact, more mobile uh, 400s and 300s and I still own a, a 100 to 400 Canon which is I probably get the most use out of that lens um, than anything else it's really compact and and really lightweight um, relative to the the really huge primes so that's probably my favorite and and most it's the lens that I probably take out of the bag most often I shoot a lot of landscape with it I shoot a lot of uh, larger mammals with it so I love that lens what are your career goals for the future yeah, that's a kind of an ever-evolving uh, answer, I suppose, and something I'm still trying to explore. But um, sort of tying into the one of the previous questions, I guess just trying to build upon um, the business that, that I have been building upon for the last sort of five years or so and leading 
leading tours and leading workshops and helping photographers to to see some pretty amazing places and, and come back with the photos of their that they were dreaming about. So that's that's been a big part of um, photography for me in, in terms of the work side of things for the last number of years and hoping to continue building upon that and finding ways um, to you know hopefully have my photos do some good in terms of conservation efforts and things like that um, and trying to perhaps uh, build upon that a little bit more. What's your favorite place to be when you go out and photograph? So the, I, I start, when I originally was doing a lot of photography around the Vancouver area, I was going to a lot of areas where birds and wildlife had become a little bit more accustomed to, to people. And that's because it, you can oftentimes approach a lot closer and things just offer up a lot more sort of opportunity to for close-up encounters and, and it enable you to get creative with different angles and trying different things. Um, so that was always a real big benefit. But I find that now, um, as I get more interested in in photographing unique species or more unique scenes and landscapes that perhaps other folks haven't uh, haven't photographed as heavily, I find that I'm going out to more remote areas and trying to just get out there by myself and, and see places that are seldom seen. And that's become a pretty big motivating factor for my own photography. So anywhere remote, anywhere where I can kind of just be removed from things for a little bit um, is always a, a big bonus. So thankfully here in, in British Columbia and, and elsewhere in the Pacific Northwest, it doesn't take all that long to get out to those sorts of areas. So we're very lucky that way. Who do you look up to as a mentor or as an inspiration for what you do? Yeah, certainly um, take lots of inspiration from photographers from all all sort of subsets of nature photography and and other types of photography that are you know you might think are are very very uh, disconnected from nature photography but i think um just trying to consume a, a large variety of photography and and try to pull some different techniques or different inspiration from all sorts of different genres is important probably the the foremost wildlife photographer in canada and maybe the world at this point is Paul Nicklin. He's from here in British Columbia and he's been a, um, spent many years as a National Geographic photographer and now has his own environmental uh, nonprofit with his partner, Christina, uh, called Sea Legacy. And that they're certainly um, at the sort of forefront of the wildlife photography world. And uh, they provide a, a lot of inspiration for myself and, and many, many others. So he's he's been um, a really big inspiration for sure. Um, yeah, lots of other photographers. Jimmy Chin is another photographer and, and filmmaker that is pretty incredible, and I, I really look up to his his work. Um, there's a really cool street photographer that I really enjoy looking at his work. His name's uh, Tave Pong Pratumwong. I think he's from Thailand. He's got some really interesting shots. Uh, I really like Corey Richards' work. Um, lots of lots of nature and bird photographers locally that uh, that produce some really amazing work that I've always looked up to. So kind of uh, across the spectrum, really. Um, what does photography mean to you? Yeah, that's a good question. I've not really thought about that all that often, to be honest, but I think um, photography to me means, it's it sort of, um, in a lot of ways, was kind of the, the impetus for me getting out into nature more. And I've always been really interested in the outdoors and really big into to nature and wildlife, but it just provided this really good motivation to continue to make that a huge part of my life until it just became 
a totally natural thing to just be out whenever I had free time trying to make these images and, and see these wild places. So I think to me, it, um, it, uh, it holds some sentiment that way and just having, having it provide this really big motivating factor in my life, um, getting out of high school and, and kind of trying to find my way um, with what I wanted to do. And it, it really provided a pretty clear cut avenue to, uh, to what I wanted to be doing and, and how I wanted to sort of shape my life, hopefully. And, and now I, I've never been somebody to really like sort of geek out with cameras and, and um, I don't feel the need to be photographing at every waking moment, just if there's an opportunity. Um, it's more at this point, picking these projects that I feel really passionate about or, or seeking out opportunities that are, are gonna be perhaps few and far between, but are gonna be really special when they do happen. Um, but uh, like I say, just it just provides this really great outlet for me to just be out in the outdoors as much as I can and, and uh, to see these wild places that otherwise would probably go unseen by, by myself um, if it weren't for the motivating factor of, of being out there photographing either the landscape or, or the wildlife within it. Um, what makes it so enjoyable for you to create? Yeah, that's another, another good question. Um, for me, I've always felt that my interest in, in specifically like birds and wildlife was always a little bit unique, especially when I was much younger and in school and, and it wasn't a, a real, you know, point of interest in a lot of other people. If you're 15, 16 years old, there's not a lot of other people really passionate about bird watching and, and, uh, you know, going and, and seeking out these sorts of places. So for me, it always felt kind of interesting that I could show people these scenes or, or show people these creatures that were living alongside. And it wasn't so much about the photos at first. It was more about showing people like, look what exists right here on your doorstep. Like, look what I went and found here on the weekend. Or um, that was always really special to me to come back with photos and, and be able to show people those and, and hopefully get people inspired to to go and seek out those sorts of places themselves or, or just perhaps become a little bit more aware of, of what we have around. And um, because, you know, if you don't have the awareness of something or if you haven't experienced it yourself, it becomes hard to to feel passionately enough about it to, you know, sort of conserve it or or um, to try to, to think more about it at the very least. What makes a picture stand out from the average to you? Um, I guess a few different things come to mind. Um, the photos that I really hold to a really high standard and have always been a huge source of inspiration for me are the photos that come from a few of the photo contests every year, the nature photography contest, namely the wildlife photographer of the year competition. And that competition has a really interesting sort of combination of, of factors that play into the, the judging, it seems like, of some of those images. And it's kind of this combination of really artistically beautiful, but they also showcase a really interesting sort of um, moment in natural history, whether it be some sort of moment that's relatively new to science or some behavior that is yet to be seen. Um, and that was always really inspiring, like how people can blend a really beautiful artistic moment, but also have it be really interesting and, and relevant in sort of a scientific way or in, in, a, in a way of looking at natural history. So. For me, in trying to, to photograph these various animals, I really try to get some sort of behavior or um, some sort of storytelling aspect to the image while still retaining, you know, hopefully really good composition and, and an artistic aspect of it that holds its own as well. 
So for me, if it's if you can merge those two as opposed to one or the other, it's um, is really special and certainly harder to come by. What would you say your editing style is? I'd say my editing style is probably pretty pretty light. Like it's I don't do a whole ton of editing um, in terms of dramatic adjustments. I think my general kind of ethic for that tends towards I, I don't remove or add anything to the image that wasn't there, so no cloning and things like that. Um, and I try to stay pretty true to the to the colors and and contrast that I saw when I was there. I do on some landscape images uh, merge exposures to create more dynamic range and more more realistic contrast and things like that. And that's just more or less to overcome the limitations of of the sensors with regards to dynamic range and in certain situations but uh yeah i'd say it's it's overall it's not overly heavy-handed i've often thought that with nature photography specifically when you're trying to depict moments um that are happening and you're trying to showcase an animal and or a bird and, and depict it naturally it's important to sort of stay true to that or else um, even just from a purely subjective artistic standpoint it, they can start to look a little bit surreal and for me i'm not trying to really showcase anything in a surreal way. I'm trying to do my best to show my audience the moment that I saw and how I experienced it in the field. With that said though, I, I do, I, I would consider myself somewhat of a perfectionist when it comes to editing with, with the actual things that I am doing to the images. I, I do spend a fair bit of time just tweaking things and trying to get them right. And I think, you know, when it comes to using raw images, there's sometimes this ethic of, you know, like you can't you shouldn't edit your photos or or it becomes digital art and it's not it's not a true photograph anymore if you've run it through Photoshop or Lightroom. You know, when I entered a photo club for the first time, that was often what I was hearing from some of the some of the more seasoned photographers and, and that always struck me as kind of odd. You know, when you look at a raw file, it doesn't look anything like how you saw it in person most of the time. It's it's meant to be this really flat profile and, and oftentimes uh, just looks quite drab. So more of my editing is to do with bringing back the life to these raw files that come out of the camera and trying to to lend they're trying to bring a bit more authenticity to them and, and bring back the colors and, and the proper contrast and that and I think that in itself sometimes is maybe more labor intensive than people think like just bringing something back to looking more realistic so I've spent a fair bit of time trying to learn a few techniques to, to go about editing things without having them look too heavy-handed and uh, yeah, just overall trying to bring a realistic look to the photos and, and keep things as authentic as I could. Well, I guess it, it sort of just came down to, um, I couldn't really envision myself doing much of anything else at that point. Like I became really, really passionate about photography and became uh, pretty clear that if I wasn't able to, to do something in the outdoors to do with wildlife and, and pursuing that side of things, um, I was going to have to do some some serious uh, exp exploration of other options and, and try to come up with something else I, I felt passionate about. It's not exactly a, a career path that's completely bursting at the seams with different options. And like, you know, there's there's going the biology route and there's exploring that. And I, I did work in that sort of environment a little bit after high school. Um, but I, it became clear that having a camera in hand in one capacity or another would be important. and over time, it just started to become evident that it might be an option if I put in the work and, and started to explore some of the options as to, to how to make things uh, feasible. And yeah, over time, it just kind of became a reality. What is your, your most favorite place you've been to? Well, I've, uh, 
I spent a fair bit of time up in Alaska and I've guided some some tours up there and I was out in it for two I guess it was May and June parts of May and parts of June for two years in a row I was working aboard a boat out in the Aleutians the Aleutian Islands a chain that connects the Alaska Peninsula nearly to the coast of Siberia and uh that was one of the most incredible places I've ever been. It's just so remote and you know, you, you're out there for, we were out there for weeks at a time and we'd see the odd cargo ship passing. But other than that, it's there's nothing happening out there. Habitation wise, once you get past a certain point um, into the Western Aleutians, there's there's nobody out there living. There's, there's barely even a harbor on any of these islands. And uh, that was an incredible place to visit. I, it was a fairly abbreviated visit. Um, relative to you know the time you'd need to really document it properly and, and explore all the places with your camera that you'd want to but certainly felt fortunate to to see that area of the United States and that to me represented a really amazing sort of area for photography and that it's so remote and it's so under photographed uh, and yet there's all these incredible things happening there so that's a place that it's a it definitely be a dream to get back there in a more serious um, way in terms of photography but um, in terms of places that I've actually spent a lot of time photographing, it, it'd be hard to, to steer away from just my local spots here in, in southwestern British Columbia. There's so much to see here around Vancouver, and I feel really lucky to have access to, to the ocean here and the mountains, as well as heading a little further east into the more arid sort of desert regions of the province. So... Uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with it. It sounds obviously pretty biased, but uh, here in here in British Columbia, it's sort of hard to go wrong with, um, you know, if you're a nature photographer. How have you educated yourself as far as learning how to take photos? It's largely been through trial and error. Um, when I was first getting involved in photography, there wasn't as much as there is now in the way of resources online. Um, in order to, to teach yourself. And I think right now it's amazing the, the amount of content that's out there on, on YouTube and, and elsewhere where you can really delve into topics really in depth and you can come away with a pretty amazing photography education just through using free tutorials and whatnot online. Um, but when I was first getting into it, I certainly gleaned a lot of information off of people that I was uh, in this camera club with. And my dad was pretty interested in photography when I was growing up. And I certainly learned a lot from him in the in the the first little while, and then eventually just trying to yeah kind of find my way with it and uh, do the best I could just through trial and error and, and trying to to seek out any sort of mentorship I could. And um, but it's largely been I would say self taught. What would you say is your favorite photo, and what's the story behind it? Um, you know I'm not certain I have a, a favorite, but I. In the last little little while, I've had a few standout photos that have meant a lot to me. Um, a couple winters ago, I took a picture of a, a lynx, and that to me has been an animal that I've wanted to photograph for a long, long time. It's, I've been really interested in them since I was really young, and I've had the opportunity to see them and, and photograph them even before this encounter, but not in the way that I really wanted to. So a couple winters ago, and this past winter as well, I made a point to to really try to get out and try to do my best to, to track them on foot. And if, if folks aren't familiar with, with lynx up here in, in Canada and in the United States as well, and some of the northern 
States, um, they're around, but they're just, they have this kind of ghost-like reputation. I mean, they're, you could spend your whole life living in these certain areas of wilderness alongside them and never see them. They're, uh, they're pretty nocturnal a lot of the time, and uh, they're incredibly cryptic little animals. So it, it was it was kind of a big undertaking just hoping to go out and potentially even see one, and coming away with an image would have been a real dream. So I spent about a week snowshoeing uh, in an area of wilderness not far from Vancouver, and would go out each day and, and try to try to track them as best as I could. And eventually on, I think it was probably the fourth or fifth day, I things kind of lined up and I was afforded a, about a 10 second encounter and came away with basically one successful image. And uh, so for me, it's, you know, there's, there's flaws in the image and it's not the world's best links photo by any stretch of the imagination, but it's certainly uh, one that that's quite special to me at this point and hope to hope to build upon that in, in the coming winters. And try to have some more encounters with them because there's something about them that just um yeah i don't know if they just have this incredible kind of way about them the way they navigate these forests that you know it takes me hours to get through these areas i'm getting hung up on trees and i'm <laughs> crawling along the ground trying to get under vegetation and you can just see it in tracking them the way that they navigate things is just with such ease and with just such intuition through the landscape that it really makes you feel like you're you're out of your element so uh yeah certainly a humbling and uh cool experience how were you able to actually find the links yeah so originally it was just trying to identify areas where i thought they might be living and a big part of that comes with trying to identify the correct habitat and their their food source and their their food source is largely in the winter consists of snowshoe hare and not so much here in southern British Columbia, but as, especially as you go further north into their range, up into northern British Columbia, the Yukon, they become really, really tied to one another, the populations of snowshoe hare and the populations of lynx. So when the populations of rabbits peak, the, the snowshoe hare, when they peak, um, there's a correlation between the influx in, in lynx um, right around that same time and a couple years after. So. There wasn't much in the way of historical data to, to show where the where they were at in that population cycle where I was going. And so I was just sort of banking off of what I'd seen in the summertime being up in this area and seeing lots of snowshoe hare in one specific spot. So I decided to go back there in the winter. And sure enough, I, was, I started to see lots of snowshoe hare tracks and they were pretty concentrated in, in these certain areas where the habitat looked really good. And over time, I started to pick up on the tracks of lynx and yeah, just through using various tracking techniques and trying to, to do my best to prioritize where I needed to be each day in order to, to hopefully intercept these animals. And, and it just came down to a real sort of dogged persistence with, uh, with trying to, to keep up with them. And like I said, they're just the way they navigate the landscape is such that you, it just makes you feel completely inept compared to them. So you really have to try to use your wits and and try to uh, be one step ahead of them if you stand any chance of actually seeing one. Um, and then there's you know certainly an element of luck, which I think plays most other links encounters that folks will have. That's the main determining factor is just getting lucky with one popping out on a road while they're driving or something. But I wanted to hopefully better my odds and not rely solely on luck and try to try to swing the odds a little bit into in my favor but uh 
yeah, that, that certainly proves difficult, no matter how much motivation you have. Do you have any advice for other photographers to how you would actually go out and find animals like you do to take photos of them and, uh, you know, like in the quantities that uh, you have? Yeah, I think that's a, that's one of the more common questions I get from photographers is that like how how do you actually get into a position where you can take these photos? Let you know, set aside the whole technical side of things, and you know it it's not really relevant up until the point where you're actually standing in front of something that you can photograph. Like as to what lens you have, what camera you're using, all that stuff is sort of irrelevant unless you can get yourself into a position where a really amazing encounter happens. So I think I've, I've come into this whole photography world from a slightly different avenue than some people have. Um, I've come into it from sort of the the avenue of being a, a really avid naturalist and bird watcher since I was really young. So I think the part of it that was intuitive to me wasn't the photography side of things. It was the being out in nature, being comfortable out in these areas and having the a bit of the intuition as far as finding things and just having the, the background in, in knowledge about wildlife. And to me, that part has come more natural. It was the photography side of things that was, um, you know, that was the part I had to work at and, and really try to develop. And I think maybe that's, that tends to be the opposite with, with some folks. They, they come from a photography background. Perhaps they went to school for photography or, or they've been interested in it in another um, genre of photography and suddenly they strike up an interest in wildlife and, and obviously, you know, the resources out there for for learning about how to find wildlife or how to how to uh, come across a certain species of bird or whatever the case may be, that sort of information is not as readily available as it would be, you know, learning how to how to uh, select the right shutter speed or aperture, for example. So it's it's a little bit more challenging for sure in that way. Um, but I would say that overall, if you can just get out there and and either hook up with somebody that's more experienced or you know has had some had some time out there in the field acquainting themselves with different birds or wildlife that you're interested in um, certainly going along with somebody that that can act somewhat of a as a mentor is, is a great idea but also there's there's lots of different apps that you can get out there that will help you learn to identify birds and different wildlife um, I always suggested people that if you can learn to identify um, different plants and trees around your area, that gives you a huge, a huge uh, one-up. You know, it, it really helps you to to give. It gives you a good base of knowledge, I would say, for a certain area. Because if you can identify the, the plants and trees, you can identify the food sources of a lot of these birds and animals, and that really that can really help speed things up and and put you in the right place. But uh, yeah, just really try to try to build your knowledge as much as much as you can within um, whichever area you're working and try to work local and keep things convenient for yourself at first and spend the time to really acquaint yourself with your with your own neighborhood and your own local spots that's kind of uh, what I did in the in the beginning was really try to explore my my own local hotspots as much as I could and it allows you to return to those areas over and over again and become a lot more acquainted with um with what you have going on locally and and from there you can expand so how long have you been um doing photography i would say probably about 10 years at this point um nine ten years i've been photographing and in the beginning it was 
pretty casual and and just kind of getting my feet wet with it but over time it it, it didn't take too long for it to become a pretty uh, pretty significant passion of mine and a pretty all-consuming hobby so yeah probably about 10 years by this point believe it or not what is the most difficult part about being a photographer for you hmm let's see yeah I think uh, well being a being a photographer I think um, when I first started going out it was it was quite easy to you know go and shoot seven eight hundred photos at a little local wildlife preserve and come back home and be so thrilled with so many of them and because it was so new and and obviously your your expectations of yourself and your standards for what make you know what makes a good image are you know significantly different when you're first starting out but i think now you know when you're at a place where you've been photographing for quite some time and you become a little bit more specific in what you're after and you're trying to tailor your your photos in a in a certain way i think um it becomes a lot more challenging to, to come away with that shot that you're really pleased with and you're really proud of. So I think having the patience and having the the ability to sort of come away from, from shoots that you might have gone away for a week or two and you just might not come back with what you're after. So I think the ability, having the ability to really realize that that's going to be the case sometimes and that you just need to sort of power through that and, and keep the motivation is a is a big factor in in keeping things uh you know keeping the motivation and keeping the the drive to really get it, get out there and and get after it again as opposed to sort of having the frustration take over or or having the you know being becoming discouraged and, and frustrated with things so i think just being realistic about um your expectations and and perhaps like you know the amount of time that it, it's going to take to to get a certain image if it's a perhaps a, a pretty ambitious goal and and really just like you know staying true to that process and and realizing that it's going to take some time so for me now i you know i i really just try to have a few goals in mind each year that i that i'd like to to target and not set my sights too high and just realize that you know sometimes things just don't work out it's it's nature it's wildlife it's not something that that can be predicted or, or relied upon. So um, I think learning a little bit more about that process has been has been a challenging, but at the same time, pretty rewarding process. What is the best part about photography, photography for you? For me, it's simply just getting out to these areas and, and seeing these places that perhaps a lot of people don't get to see otherwise. And um, I think it's just, it's enriched my life in a really big way, not so much with the actual photography side of it, but just becoming more aware of the natural world around me and seeing these little details um, when I go outside and no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm photographing or hiking or rock climbing, it's just, uh, yeah, seeing these little things and, and each year being able to, to go out at a certain time of year and, and uh yeah, I get to go to my favorite places and, and see the the seasons unfold and and really just be able to to delve really deep into the whole the whole natural world around me has been a hugely enriching part of my life and I owe much of that to to um, my pursuits of photography to really acquaint me with a lot of those things. Um, 
what have you felt about your whole photography journey? Do you feel like it's um, been really worthwhile to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting to see a lot of the places that I've seen and getting to travel to some of these far-flung countries, I, I certainly wouldn't have had the opportunity to do that had it not been for photography. And yeah, I'm not sure what I would be doing, you know, uh, other than photography in terms of a, a career at this point. So I, I owe um, a lot of some of the, you know, a lot of the opportunities that I've been fortunate enough to have to photography. So I'm, I'm certainly, yeah, indebted to uh, this whole world. That's for sure. Um, sorry. Um, do you have any like cool stories from any of your um, your trips that you've taken for your photos or um, like any cool things that have happened while you're out taking pictures? Yeah, lots, lots for sure. Um, probably the most interesting story that I've had from British Columbia was, uh, or my time spent in the outdoors in general. I didn't actually have my camera on me, but um, I. I, I kind of go back and forth between whether or not it would have actually been a good thing to have my camera with me on this specific day. I certainly would have come away with some, some, what would have been some pretty unique photos, but I think it would have added a little bit more of a, <laughs> a perhaps a bit more of a dangerous element to this whole encounter. But um, I was doing some biology field work up in a fairly remote area of coastal British Columbia, and I was surveying for a, a type of bird, an endangered bird called the northern goshawk, and we were searching for their nests in this area of coniferous forest. And um, to make a long story short, basically that day I encountered a, a cougar, a mountain lion, and uh, was, ended up getting was stalked by it for a number of minutes, and um, wow. it sort of culminated in this pretty stressful encounter of it approaching to within a couple meters and having to hit it with a pretty large sort of log or stick that I picked up from the ground um, from beside where we were working and uh, yeah so that was kind of a it's very strange but but very uh, memorable encounter albeit a little bit stressful um, and it just sort of, sort of put things into perspective like obviously we know that we're living alongside these things here in in the mountains of BC you know, a lot of them living here along the coast and um, in these coastal areas, especially Vancouver Island, where I spend a lot of time. And um, but yeah, just to actually see one finally after so many years being in these uh, in these more remote areas where they hang out, it was uh, pretty special to see one. And I still think about that encounter. You know, every it definitely pops up every now and then. Just thinking back on that and thinking about the photos I could have had had I had my camera, but then debating. If I had my camera, would I have been too preoccupied with that to have handled the situation in a more, a more uh, proactive way? <laughs> but um, yeah, that definitely stands out as probably my most interesting encounter with wildlife. What was that like? Yeah, it was interesting. Like I, I definitely remember being really excited about it. Like at first, that was my initial thought. It was like, oh, finally, I'm getting to see one of these things because I've I've spent so much time thinking about them and wondering when I was going to cross path with one. Um, but then it sort of sets in, like you're looking at this thing, you're, you're, you're realizing that, you know, there's a reason why this thing is here. It's not just here out of, you know, its own recreation. Like it's not just passing by, like there's a, there's a, a reason why it's here and it's definitely sizing you up and it's, it's, uh, there, you know, there's no getting around that they're predatory animals and they've, they predate upon people here from time to time along the coast. And certainly they're not 
they shouldn't be vilified and they they we should we should look at them with a lot of respect and reverence but the, the reality is they're a predatory animal and they have they have uh all the ability in the world to fully take you down if they wanted to and uh so that sort of became a bit more of a reality once we were looking at this creature from from close close up after you know 20 minutes or so of having to stare down and uh yeah you realize that there's really nothing that you can do at a certain point um to overpower them so you kind of just have to hope that um you do all that you can to to convince them that you're not worth the fight <laughs> and uh that seemed to be the case on this particular day so but yeah it was kind of a mixture of excitement and really just looking at this thing with a ton of reverence and being pretty pretty uh stoked to finally see one but also at the same time realizing that okay you got you got to act responsibly here and you got to be on your toes or else this could take a take a turn <laughs> that's a pretty crazy encounter yeah so i've i've I'm hoping that I see another one one day with my camera in hand because I'd love to. I'd love to have a photo of one, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'll ever have an encounter like that again. Yeah, they're really cool creatures. Um, yeah, that that was probably super freaky. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think we're almost out of time. Um, but where can people find you? Like, where can they find your work? Yeah, so I'm on all the sort of normal, normal channels, I suppose. Instagram, my my name is just or my handle is just my name, Jess Findlay. And uh, same thing goes with my website, JessFindlay.com. I lead uh, a bunch of workshops each year here in British Columbia, and have some sort of online resources if people want to. Uh, yeah, if they want to learn a little bit more about uh, wildlife photography and some of the techniques I use in the field. Um, those are available too so uh, thank you for being on the podcast and it's really nice being able to talk to you yeah it's great to check you out I appreciate you having me on yeah of course man um, hopefully we can talk more in the future yeah I'd love to sounds good Hey guys, if you liked the podcast episode that you just finished listening to, please drop a rating and a review down in the podcast listening platform of your choice. I hope that you continue on to our next episode.